Welcome everybody, I'm Keith Ferrante. This is the Emerging Profit Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here where I hope to see you go to the next level as an emerging prophet, as a healthy prophet, as someone that wants to bring the kingdom of God to this earth with power. Join me, let's listen in and hear what God has to say today. God bless you. Hello everybody, Keith Ferrante here. I hope you are doing well and that you're excited about this episode today from this Emerging Prophet podcast. Last week we started and we talked about uh, a chapter out of my book, New Covenant Prophets. I want to take another chapter uh, out of this book and I want to just talk about it together because I just really want us to catch the values that New Covenant Prophets live by. And um, one one of the chapters in this book, in New Covenant Prophets, and you can get it on Amazon, you can get it on my website, emergingprophets.com, but is on, um, uh, this chapter three is New Covenant Prophets are not against humanity. And this is is a really big, this is a really big mindset for us to catch as a prophet because me, I'm a very black and white prophet and I've had to learn there, there's, there is like in my black and white, like this is right and that's wrong. Like that's what a black and white prophet looks like. It's like when you have that mindset, when people are in the wrong, then you kind of, you, you shift to I'm against you. They are wrong. I'm against them. They're against God's values. I'm against them. And we, we, have, to, we have to hold to the truth. We need to know the truth. But we need to be able to walk in love, speak the truth in love. I, I, I love this, this, um, this encounter that Joshua has with the Lord. Joshua is near Jericho. He looks up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and said, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua 5, 13 and 14. Like a black and white prophet kind of thinks... It's me against them. It's me against the world. When you're unhealthy as a black and white prophet, when you get healthy as a black and white prophet, you realize God is, God lets you see what's truth and what's not, what's acceptable in a circumstance and what's not, but you have grace to walk with people. And this is what the Lord says, neither. He wasn't for Joshua and the Israelites. And he wasn't for the, uh, you know, Jericho, neither. But as command of the Lord, I have come. Like God doesn't take sides. He loves, God so loved the world. Like sometimes we think he's taking our side. But God wants all to repent. I I, I love the the new covenant model prophet Barnabas. He was a a good example. Uh, He took Paul, who everybody was, who the apostles were afraid of. Of course, Paul has been killing off Christians, throwing them in prison. I mean, he was just, he was in, in a rage against Christianity, but he had a radical encounter with Jesus, of course, and he came to Jerusalem. He tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, told him how Saul on his journey had been with the Lord. The Lord had spoken, how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus, Acts chapter nine. Woo, I love that. Like Barnabas, though, did not have a for and against, like he's he's against. Like he was able to see, yeah, he used to be against, but now 
He's out of change and we need him. We need to reconcile him. Like our ministry is the ministry of reconciling what God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. Like guys, why is it the prophets think they got to call out everybody's sins? Like the goal of our ministry, even as a prophet, is to not count people's sins against them. Now, I'm not taking, saying be loose on sin, put up with sin, just let whatever happens. I've seen prophets that are more like mercy prophets, so they're very bent towards mercy, which we so need it, but they err on the side of unsanctified mercy. They begin to like validate people's sin and like their, their behavior. It's like, you know what? I love you, but you can't keep sinning intentionally. You can't keep living in sin. You, you can't be, keep doing this. You can't keep doing that. Like, but... Like my goal, Keith Fronte's goal as a new covenant prophet is not to find sin, it's to find righteousness. It's to reconcile people to, back to God, not to create a distance between them and God. Like that's my goal. It's not like some of us can just point out people's uh, problems. We can point out where people was wrong. I mean, even Peter was a little like that. We can hold grudges against people. They've sinned. They've, they hurt me. I hold them accountable. Like a lot of times prophets struggle with forgiving people. When they're not a mature prophet, they struggle with forgiving people. But when you're mature, you've learned to embrace the grace of God for your own life and the mercy that God extended to you. And so you have mercy towards others. Immature prophets will hold grudges against those who have transgressed against them. <clears throat> I mean, it's, I think it's humorous that Peter was the only one asking to you know, uh, Jesus about this. Peter came to Jesus and said, how many, how many times you'll forgive my brothers when he sins against me? Up to seven times. He's like, you know, that's really a lot for me, Jesus. Forgive my brother seven times, but, but I'll try. And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And I'm just like, oh my word. Peter, Peter and them like, Lord, increase our faith. I don't know if I have faith enough to forgive people that much. As a prophet, that can be tough. We can be like, they've, they've done it wrong. They did it wrong five times. I forgave them five times and no more. But no, we got to keep giving people chances upon chances upon chances because we're, we're prophets of reconciliation. We're not prophets against humanity. We're prophets for humanity. I remember uh, being over in another country and I was, I was training in a, in, a, in a school, in a ministry school, like a, a supernatural training and training people in the prophetic. And there was, a, there was another minister that was like, you know what, there was, there was like a tsunami that happened over here and it really, a lot of people died. It was God's judgment over this nation because of their lack of Christian values in the culture. And I'm like, that's not how God operates. He so loved the world. <clears throat> he so loved the world. It's like, why do we get all excited to just think the natural conclusion of of uh, you know of someone in sin is there is that you know uh, you know that they're going to be judged like this this is this is not this is not something that we that we want to um, you know that we we want to do uh, we want to do to people we we need to be gracious to people and we need to we need to in, in, embody the new covenant. The new covenant concept that God has for us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like which one are we going to be like modeling all the time? Or are we going to be modeling that <clears throat> you sinned, you deserve to die? Are we going to be modeling? No, God gave the gift of eternal life. 
Like he gave the gift of eternal life and we need to like, um, like that's where we're ministering from. We're ministering from the new covenant. Hey guys, yes, there was sin, but God wants you to know there's life. When, when disaster comes, we should be the ones saying, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against him. Like, hey, yeah, there was sin out there in the world and there was sin in here and this, this nation has done this and that state has done that. But we're, we're the ones standing in the gap saying, no, there won't, be, there won't be punishment. No, there won't be disaster. There's gonna be mercy. And you know, we can come in and we can step in and say, God, you know, we, can, we can implore people, hey, come back to God. Like sin does have in it death. Like there are consequences. Like when people are in sin, you, you can just see how their life that has a cycle of death in it, shame in it, because they're under a cycle. But we're not just out there saying, hey, you're under the cycle of sin and death. We're under the cycle saying, you know what? You sinned, but Jesus broke the cycle. Here it is. Step into it. Step into the cycle. Step into the grace of God. And we try to help people come out of the cycle of, of the old. So God's not counting humanity's sins against them. He is for them. He's reconciling the world to himself. And even as a prophet, that is a part of how we prophesy. That's a shift. That's a shift for some of us. Because we think, okay, I can prophesy nice little words over people. But when it comes to my state, I mean, I live in California, guys. How many prophets have judged California? It's because they don't realize God's not against humanity. He's not against California. He's like, oh, God's judging them with earthquakes. It's guys, no, he loves California and there's great redemptive purposes. Can you see the redemption for California? Or can you only see that California is, you know, there's demonic principalities that are warring to shift the family values in California. Like my job in California is to prophesy that California is going to turn prophesy the, to, to leaders the, the, the good things that God has, has destined them to step into. And yes, in conversation, I can say, hey, if you keep doing that, there's a consequence. If you keep doing that, it ain't gonna turn out good. Like you can't do that. That's not of God. Like there's a time to speak to the issues of correct, you know, like and correct people, but do I have relationship to do it? See, God's not against humanity, so I shouldn't be against humanity. One, one of the dear prophetic fathers just had issues uh, against California. I remember he wouldn't come to California. I had invited him to come to California. He wouldn't come because he felt like, like I, I'm not going to come there. God's not happy with this state, this and that. I'm like, you know what? I think it's a wrong view of how God looks at things. And sometimes us as a prophet, we can just get kind of caught up into like God's angry because they're in sin. No, God needs you as a prophet to look for the good in humanity and to call it out and to begin to prophesy it and, and to begin to fight for the reconciliation because we're ministers of reconciliation. Yes, you and me as a prophet. Our, our ministers of reconciliation. You can even see it in the Old Testament. There was some prophets that carried the new covenant heartbeat. You can see Daniel, called Belshazzar, was greatly perplexed because he had this dream from Nebuchadnezzar that wasn't that that Nebuchadnezzar happened that wasn't super good. And he says, the king says, Belshazzar, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. And Belshazzar answered, My lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. 
King, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. Maybe that your prosperity will continue. Like <clears throat> Daniel saw that there was like a judgment coming, but he wasn't prophesying it. He was just seeing it in a dream. And then he says, hey, King, you know what? I see that this, this, this disaster is coming to you, but it could be averted if you renounce your sins and you were kind to the poor. I so love that. In the Old Testament, he wasn't like, hey, I prophesy you will be judged. He was like, you know what? You can avoid the judgment. God is so merciful. You can avoid it. But you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to have that, that love in your heart. Now, I want you to notice that people like Elijah and John the Baptist, they, they you know, Daniel was able to go from king to king. He loved the kings. He didn't want them to be judged. But Elijah and John the Baptist were a lot more confrontive. They were, John the Baptist confronted Herod. And what happened? John the Baptist's head comes off pretty quickly. Elijah confronted Jezebel and Ahab. What happens? He's running in fear for his life. I think sometimes there's a ditch in the confrontive kind of prophets. And now I believe that there's a purpose in times for those prophets of fire. And we need some prophets that are you know, speaking out. Hey, you shouldn't be doing this. But you know what, when in my own journey, if I lean, if I lean towards the, towards speaking towards the evils of society and speaking out about it, then what happens, the more I speak that message, my heart starts just getting less loving. I find myself more impatient. I find myself losing love. I'm getting more irritated. I'm getting more angry. And then before you know it, I've kind of stepped outside of the love and the mercy and the grace of God, which is patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. And I'm this agitated, grumpy old prophet. And I look kind of like Elijah. Like Elijah will look a little grumpy at times, guys. And it's like, I, I, I believe in the truth. But you're supposed to speak the truth in love and love is patient. And some of us, we can get more like just on the truth. I'm here to tell the truth like it is and the truth are hurt. I'm like, no, the truth to be uh, healthy and to be whole and to be, uh, to be a mature prophet that you have to speak the truth in love. Not just chopping ears off like Peter. Not just like, no, we're, we're here to heal hearts. Part of the, our role as a new covenant prophet is to, is to not be against humanity. But even where humanity has fallen, how do I build a bridge to draw them back? How do I keep modeling loving them? How do I keep modeling like forgiveness and grace and kindness and second chances and third chances and fifth chances and, and like forgiving people seven times and 10 times and 100 times and 70 times seven? Like, and, and guys, you gotta sometimes, sometimes to <clears throat> like, we can become against humanity because we have these political viewpoints. And we're looking politically at our political system. Like I, I live in America and there's, you know, there's Democrats and Republicans and those are the two main political parties. And, 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 uh, and, and you know, Republicans have more, more conservative values. Liberals have, uh, you know, Democrats have more liberal values. And you can tend to like go, okay, one of these parties is right and one is wrong. And then what happens is you begin to build in your heart an animosity against like Democrats because because like Democrats are tending to, uh, you know, like in California, they're tending to legislate things that are changing, you know, the values of gender and family values. And they're fighting for, you know, uh, lots of things that are unbiblical. But you can, so you can start getting this, 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 this disgust in your heart, this disdain towards the Democrat party. Or whatever other party it is in the earth. 
Now, I'm not saying the Republicans are pure. I'm not saying the Democrats are pure. I'm not saying the Republicans don't have good in them and the, Demo and, and the, and the, and the um, Democrat, Democrats don't have good in them. They both have redemptive purposes. Democrats have a redemptive purpose of loving people and like having a heart for people. Republicans have a, 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 you know, a redemptive value of loving the truth and both of them can love people and love the truth. You know, I'm not trying to pigeonhole them, but you can kind of see one leans a little more toward the truth. One leads a little more toward love. But what happens? One leads just only about the truth and what happens? You get into a judgmental spirit. Or one leads only towards loving people and you get into unsanctified mercy. So both of them have a ditch. And maybe you might lean towards one party preference or the other, and, and you might be kind of disgusted with one of one party, of one political party. But I've realized in my own journey, I, like the Lord has had to kind of say, Keith, you can't have a political mindset, a party preference. You've got to have my heart. You've got to have love. You've got to be, because eventually you're going to get so mad. You're, you're so mad against that party. They are not advocating the truth. They are not loving well. Whatever it is, we're mad at. And it's what, what, what we're doing, we're just coming under a political spirit. And I'm like, no, I'm not supposed to be better. I'm supposed to be trying to reconcile people to God as a prophet. My goal is not to just be like political party preference, like behind a political party. No, because when you get behind a political party, you can get a political spirit, which is all about accusation, trying to find fault in others. <clears throat> it's like, no, I'm not trying to find fault in others. I'm trying to find the good in others. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. I'm not looking for evil in people. I'm not looking for where people went wrong. I'm trying to find the good. So a political spirit is all about what's wrong with somebody. And that's what's in the world right now. All what's wrong. People are ranting against the wrong in that government and wrong in that person. It's like, no, I'm here to find the good. And prophesy it. Call the things that are not as though they are. I'm here to see what is not even yet in existence and what God wants to do and prophesy it into being. So I've got to learn to not prophesy out of a political agenda, a political mindset, a political party preference. I've got to be unbiased in politics. God's spoken to me words for both Democrats and Republicans in my country, in America. He's even given me dreams about his heart and he wished there were more prophets that would be prophets towards some of the political leaders like right now that are in the world uh, like uh, uh, he, he gave me this dream that said he wished that there were more prophets that would prophesy to the Joe Bidens and the Gavin Newsoms and, and then some that have already been uh, like the Obamas and uh, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. Like he, want, he wished, wished there were more prophets towards them. Because when there was when when President Trump and and others you know, more Republican were in office, there was a lot of prophets that were prophesying to Trump. But that, where's the prophets to Biden? And guys, this is not a political conversation here. But I just want us to understand because it isn't supposed to be a political conversation. Us as prophets, we're not supposed to be political. Like I love the fact that. Um, you know, some prophets from before were prophets of, of, of presidents and governors that were just so, and, and like even prophets to like, like uh, one, one of the prophets, John, uh, you know, Paul Kane would, would, you know, would meet with Clint, you know, Bill Clinton, and then he would have get access to Saddam Hussein, who was a dictator, who was, you know, killing lots of people and all sorts of stuff. And he would go over there and minister to Saddam Hussein. And he would minister to Bill Clinton. Guys, we need prophets in all places. Like we need, Daniel was a prophet to Nebuchadnezzar who would kill people if he didn't like them. 
Like you gotta love a, a leader if you're gonna prophesy to them, you're, or you're not gonna get access. God will not give you access if you just so hate what they're doing. If you're so upset at their political agenda, so guys, this takes this takes a a skill set that is more mature for a prophet to be able to love a leader that has that has an agenda that's not kingdom, and to have a love for them because without love you're not gonna have access. You're going to be against them and you're going to be more like an Elijah prophesying against Ahab and Jezebel from a distance. You're never going to be having conversations with them, interacting, building trust, finding the good in them. So you, you've got to find, you, you, you have to find a deeper level of revelation of grace for your own life and what God has done in your own life. If, if you're going to have a greater grace for the world around you. Sometimes we get judgmental because we forgot how much God redeemed us. How much he loved us. And guys, I have to work on this. I have a black and white, um, you know, the redemptive gift. It's more black and white in me, which, which I'm thankful for. That, that the strong bent towards the truth. But I'm always having to match it with the love of God inside of me and make sure it's like, hey, I'm not against people. I'm not against politicians. I'm not against humanity. Prophets in the new covenant are not against humanity. They're for humanity. And I just pray that like you would just find such love for humanity, such love for leaders, such love for the world, but you would retain the truth as well. And you'd be able to hold the truth in love and you'd be a healthy, mature prophet. Man, so bless you guys. If you love this podcast tell people about it let me know what you thought about this conversation today and i hope to see you next time bless you guys have an amazing day if you've enjoyed this emerging profit podcast and you want to check out more resources from us you can go to our website at emergingprofits.com or you can watch us weekly on facebook in our free facebook group all things prophetic We so hope you're enjoying everything that you're receiving. Have an absolutely amazing day. God bless you.